Hey guys, it's Amanda Bolin, the host of the She Did It Her Way podcast, and I'm excited for you guys to be joining us this afternoon on this Monday. We've been hearing a lot from our listeners, and they've asked a lot about various different topics, one of them being what does a solid routine look like? And so this week, I thought as a bonus to our regular scheduled podcast interviews with amazing female entrepreneurs, I would tell you some tips and tricks on how to stay organized and have a daily routine. And one of the things that if anyone knows me, they know that my day ebbs and flows and that's from the day into the weeks and I may be in Chicago one day, California the next, traveling time zone and it's always changing. And what I have found that helps really center me and keeps me grounded with energy is having a solid routine, specifically the first two hours of my day. And without a question, we should be able to have the first two hours of our day mapped out. And I'll tell you why. And this is specifically something that has really helped me and my business and my overall energy and quality of life for that as well. Because I know that my life isn't the only life that gets chaotic. And my life is no different from any one of the females who have come on our podcast or any of our fabulous listeners out there, such as yourself. We all know that life can get crazy at times. And what I found when everything around us is moving at such a large pace or a fast pace, I should say, is that, and we start feeling like we can't keep up with everything that's happening from personal to business to events and especially sleep is one of the the things that we tend to, oh, what do I say, um, sacrifice, as you will. And I used to sacrifice sleep a lot of times in the past, and I, that has completely changed uh, about six months ago. And it's when we feel out of control is that it stops us from accomplishing goals that we've set out to accomplish. And we tend to have what I call squirrel moments. And if anyone's seen the movie Up and the dog and his master, the squirrel comes and we immediately get distracted. And that's what happens when we don't have control or any sort of consistency in our lives and in our schedule. And the biggest important aspect of my life that has allowed me to find peace and quietness and achievement over the past year, again, is that solid routine of the first two hours. And it has really helped me because I know regardless of whatever city I wake up in, or where I'm at, I can still execute the first two hours of my day just as if I were to be as if I was in Chicago. And a couple of things to note about finding your two-hour routine is that it took me, it took trial and error to really find out my sweet spot when it came to what time does my body really resonate with like waking up and what my routine looked like, especially when it comes to working out because everyone is different. And it takes time to recognize and to play around to really find out your sweet spot. So in today's podcast, I'm going to talk about where where I was with the routine, where I am today, and then how did I get there and what are some of the, the tricks that have really helped me maneuver through that. And so probably up until about six months ago, you can think back to a year, a year and a half, I never really had a solid routine. And as someone who works for themselves and has that freedom and flexibility to decide whatever they want their routine to look like, 
it can be, it's a good thing and it can be a bad thing dependent upon how you let it drive you. And because I had freedom and flexibility over my schedule, I would allow myself to move things around in my schedule when I didn't necessarily want to execute them at the time that I wanted to. So going back, let's go back back like a year ago, I would wake up in the morning and I did whatever I'd feel like at that time when I wake up. And I would have the intention that I would wake up of working out in the morning. So I would wake up at 5.40 and I would get to the gym by 6 a.m. and to work out. But what happened most of the time was that because the night before I didn't go to bed in time, because I know myself and I need at least seven and a half to eight hours of sleep to be fully functioning and to be on top of my game and to have that rest, I may not have gone to bed until 11 p.m., which made me extremely tired in the morning when it came to waking up. And then that's when I would make deals with myself in the morning. I would say, oh, you know what? Just sleep in a little bit longer. Get your rest. You can go work out at noon or you can work out at the 5.30 class. And majority of the time, I would still work out. Very rarely would I ever just skip the day off. But the time that I would spend leading up to that noon workout or the end of the day workout was just not nearly as productive as if I would get myself out of bed and immediately wake up in the morning because I would stay in my PJs or I would change, but I hadn't really jump-started my day with getting my body in motion. And I would just eventually find that my level of creativity and just overall, again, like the best version of myself was not there. And if we talk about now, six months ago, and now I had found a gym that I absolutely fell in love with. And I fell in love with it enough that I would wake up in the morning at 5.15, and I still do, just to get to class by 6 a.m. And what I had found is that having the first two hours of my day planned out helped me do three things. Number one, I avoided decision fatigue. Number two, it made my schedule and my routine consistent to where it resulted in productivity. And number three, it really helped find my peace and center me for each day that I would start. And so let's dive into decision fatigue. And if anyone I do want to give credit to, if anyone's ever listened to or knows Tim Ferriss, I listen to his podcast all the time. I love his books. He also has a podcast segment where he talks about decision fatigue and why, what it is and, and why it's important to avoid it. And so He's just an overall great person, and that's where I get uh, some of my insights from as well, and I definitely highly recommend checking that out. But decision fatigue is, if you think about decision, if you think about how many decisions you make in a day or a week, and if at the end of the day, you've spent all day at work making decisions, take for example, you make all these decisions in one day, and then you go to the grocery store, and from personal experience, If I go to the grocery store after a crazy day and I'm hungry and it was just super intense and I made a lot of decisions and I'm drained, I immediately grab for the things that I would not grab on a normal given day, such as cookies, or I will grab things that are really sweet and things that are really fattening that will not and do not help me in terms of my productivity and my overall life. But I've expended all of my willpower throughout the day. 
And if we think about our day that we get 100 points to make decisions, when we get up in the morning and if we make decisions in the morning around what are we going to eat, what are we going to wear, what are we going to do, we may potentially find out that we use up 25% of our daily allotment of making decisions. So you can imagine that decision-making is just like any other muscle that we, we have in our body and we have to practice and we have to conserve our energy. And every time we make a decision, we use, up a, use that energy. So the question we have to ask ourselves is, what are the decisions that we can make and have systematized for the first two hours of our day? And this is going back for me, I'm going to go back to about a year and a half ago. I know I've got a lot of timelines, but a year and a half ago, I had found myself at a point that I had accumulated a lot of clothes, a lot of accessories, a lot of shoes, because I, I could afford it and it was fun. And I also thought, well, I'm a woman, I should be feminine and I should have all these options. Everyone else does. Why wouldn't I? And then it came to a point in a screeching halt when one day I stood in front of my closet And I became overwhelmed by all the choices because choices, having too many choices can actually psychologically shut us down and get us overwhelmed. And it took me 20 minutes to make a decision on what I should wear when I stood in front of the closet on on that morning. And I, at that point I was like, no, 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 this is, this is crazy. This is nuts. Like what is going on? And from that day, I literally slash, I kid you not, my closet in half. I got rid of clothes that I hadn't worn in six months. I donated purses, accessories, all those types of things because I wanted to limit my options so I didn't spend that much time in front of a closet trying to make a decision. And this is just one example of not only eliminating options, but then also conserving the decisions that we make. And I will say that today when it comes to deciding what I'm going to wear, it's something that I forced myself to make the decision the night before and hang it up in my bathroom. And I have a couple other hacks that I'll get into in just a minute about my routine as as well. And so something that decision fatigue and, and having our routine in place is that also it can sometimes allow um, when we know our routine and what we want it to look like, it can allow for FOMO to creep in. And if anyone knows what FOMO stands for, it stands for fear of missing out. And with social media these days, it is so heightened because it makes it completely accessible for us to see what others are doing out in the world and what we are not. And FOMO happens when we start comparing ourselves to others and we second guess what we are doing in the now. And What I have found that has really helped me is that saying no to something or not being able to make an event because of other reasons and then getting on social media, it goes back to, I feel like I'm being left out and everyone is so cool and why am I not there? I'm at home by myself. It might be a Thursday night. It might be a Saturday night. Look at all these people. They're at this great event. But what I have found out is once I had established my routine and I know that even if I were to do a social event on a Thursday night and tell myself I'm going to leave by 10.30 so I can be home by and in bed and sleeping by 11.15 but still have to get up at 5.15, the pain of only getting six hours and waking up and being tired in the morning is not worth the pleasure of going out and being social on a Thursday night. And that event, let's say on a Thursday night or even a Saturday night, 
better be pretty darn special to get me out to give me more pleasure than pain of waking up early and being tired the next day. And so for me, and I think for any of the listeners, it's figuring out what is our why and why do we set the routine and why do we say no to things? Because if we're saying no to something, it's because it aligns with what we want to do. For example, again, I'm going to say no to an event on Thursday night because my why is strong enough to know that I want to get up in the morning and I want to feel good and I want to have a productive day on Friday. And I can't do that by lack of sleep on a Thursday night. And my routine comes down to it really starts the night before. And I start, I start winding down around 8.45 p.m. I pick out my clothes for the next day and I hang them in my bathroom. I prep my coffee maker, which if you don't have a pre-programmed coffee maker that can go off at a set time, I highly recommend investing in one because this has helped out a ton because I can ground the coffee beans the night before and I can prep the coffee. And then I also fill up my water bottle. I place that in the bathroom. I prep my workout gear and set it by the door so in the morning I don't have to do any of that. I crawl into bed around 9.15. I write, I, I go through my five-minute journal, which if you guys haven't heard of the five-minute journal, I highly recommend checking that out. It has helped me in so many ways, and it is a really good tool for reflection of what you're grateful for, especially in the morning, and then what would you like what would make today great? And then you have your affirmations. And then at the night, you reflect on what happened today that went really well and that you were happy with. And then what's one thing that you would do differently or that you would change for moving forward? I say my prayers and I read for about nine for about 15 minutes. And so usually I tend to doze off between 9.30 and 9.45. I wake up at 5.15 I get up, I immediately make, immediately make my bed. I think that's something that I've definitely carried over from my childhood as, as a child. We could not leave the house even in the summertime unless our beds were made, thanks to Bill Bull and my dad for that one. And wake up at 5.15 and I hit the bathroom. I chug my water bottle that I had in the, the bathroom that I put there the night before. I brush my teeth, I wash my face, change my clothes, I eat half a banana I leave by 5.45, I get to 6 a.m. class, and then I leave and I get home by 7 a.m. and I continue drinking water. Hydration and water is a huge, huge plus. I don't think as humans we can drink enough and it's, there's always, we should always drink more water because it's so important for our systems and our body and just to feel alive and alert. I have the same thing for breakfast every single day. I have my smoothie with spinach, almond milk, yogurt, almond butter, and I think that's it. But it is, it's always planned out. And then I have my vitamins and I get all that ready and I sit down and I do my five minute journal. And then after my five minute journal, I spend some time reading 20 to 30 minutes before I die. I do all of this before I look at email, before I Look at social media, unless some of you, if you've ever followed, I might post a picture after working out because the sunrise is so beautiful. But I really strive to do all of this before I touch any sort of electronics or anything in the outside world because having this routine really helps center me. And I know that it my days are way more productive having that routine. And 
I do this wherever I go, whether I'm on the road or if I'm at home in Chicago. And I think it's important to note that it's, I, I personally strive to do this almost every single day, but I also know that I am human and this doesn't happen every single day. And that's completely okay. It's just like anything else trying to figure out and always stay on track. And again, the benefits of having a solid routine for the first two hours two hours is really, again, one, it helps avoid decision fatigue. Two, it helps create that consistency and makes you more productive in life. Whether you're an entrepreneur or if, if you are working in a corporate job, it's just really important to have those mapped out the first two hours of your day. And then lastly, it centers me in a world of chaos and that there's decisions and, and things are pulling on our lives every single minute too as well. And today, this week, those are just the three things that of having a solid set routine that has really helped me in, in my life and has centered me as well. And I encourage if you guys have any questions, email us and let us know your thoughts. And again, some of the resources, um, the Tim Ferriss podcast and the five minute journal as well. We'll have those up for you guys to find out more information. But looking forward to next week and continuing back with our interviews. And I hope you guys have a wonderful week ahead of you. Cheers.